in that process, um, the seeds of Crowdcast was planted. Um, and then at the end of that year, I kind of built my own prototype off of Google Hangouts as being the video thing that was powering um, Crowdcast. And that very quickly led to us hosting a massive online event where we had, when I say us, it was just me, but and I, my, my, one of my first main customers was um, ha the Hack Summit, which was a massive 30,000 person online conference. Uh, and we were able to pull it off successfully, you know, and that led to me raising some angel round uh, funding and then eventually hiring my first engineer and then slowly sort of building out that team and then basically relaunching as a real product the following year. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for the product-led revenue show. I am here joined by my friend, Sai Hussein, who is the co-founder. Well, actually, you, you had some co-founders early on, and, uh, and then, you know, you saw, but you really started it on by yourself, and which is a tremendous accomplishment, uh, running it now as CEO at Crowdcast. How are you, Sai? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we talk a little bit about your story? Because I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I know, you know, you started the company. It's, it's, you know, a couple of you, what, about seven years ago now. It's a tremendous undertaking. You've had a small team all these years, but you have been able to grow really in an impressive way. Let's talk a little bit about that story early on. What was sort of the genesis for the company? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a yeah, many year process. Um, it, it, the the seed of the idea really started back in 2014 when I found myself going to a really tiny retreat in, in Costa Rica where I was just like surrounded by these amazing meditators, yoga teachers, people who were like farmers thinking about permaculture. And, you know, it was for the first time I was like seeing a kind of feature that they wanted to, to create that was different than what, the, what I had seen previously. And I really just wanted to help them spread their knowledge and, you know, and, uh, their wisdom with the world. And, and I realized I was one of the only few people who knew how to use the internet to help them do that. So I started thinking about ways to help them host virtual gatherings that were not just a tiny little retreat in Costa Rica, but, you know, a way to get them to gather folks all over the world. Right. So in that process, um, the seeds of Crowdcast was planted. Um, and then at the end of that year, I kind of built my own prototype off of Google Hangouts as being the video thing that was powering um, Crowdcast, and that very quickly led to us hosting a massive online event where we had, when I say us, it was just me, but and I, my, my, one of my first main customers was um, ha the Hack Summit, which was a massive 30,000 person online conference. Uh, and we were able to pull it off successfully, you know, and that led to me raising some angel round uh, funding and then eventually hiring my first engineer and then slowly sort of building out that team and then basically relaunching as a real product the following year uh, in 20, well, at this point, the end of 2015. Uh, so ever since, you know, we've been, uh, yeah, focusing on building product and allowing that to, you know, lead our growth as the title of this uh, show is about. Yeah. So actually that's a good question, right? Like why did you decide to go product led from day one? You know, cause there were certainly opportunities to take that, traditional model of like direct or sales led uh, that taking that approach and 
build out a sales team and knock on doors and start to compete with those mid-market enterprise offerings? Why did you decide to go product-led? You know, at first you have to be thinking about what are the different levers you can pull as a small team, right? And so um, while while we were doing things that weren't scalable, like one-on-one demos, despite our, you know, average sales price for the actual product to be really low, uh, it made sense in this in this early conversations, but in order to scale that out, we need to figure out what are ways that we can build into the product um, ways for it to kind of market itself, right? So um, you know, just by the, the nature of designing what is the thing that we're working on, that was the first step, right? Build a product that in the nature of using it, you have to share it, right? So when you host a Crowdcast event, when you host a virtual event, you literally have to share that link and have people register, right? And so you're already doing one big piece of the marketing for us right there. Um, and then beyond that, that you know, then we can decide, okay, once someone shows up to your event, how can they decide to go sign up for their own you know, account if they're interested in that? And then what are all the other, what we call micro content, right? That we could allow you to um, you know, share that's, uh, or you or your audience to share that's in the event that also drives growth for you automatically, right? So we're constantly thinking, thinking in terms of systems um, one, because, you know, we want to think from the beginning, like, where's our long-term plan and strategy, right? So we know that the network effect businesses are the biggest businesses in the world. Um, and so we have to think about that from, from day one. And then two, um, because of, of resources and constraints, you know, there's there's only so many one-on-one demo calls you can do as a small team, right? Um, so, yeah, it's been really, really important that we're sort of, we've been product-led from the beginning. I guess the third big piece is that, um you know, so my background is I'm a designer and developer. And so it's really, really important that uh, I am deep in the code and the design so that we're able to do innovative stuff in Crowdcast that other and most companies aren't able to pull off or even aware of um, that's possible, right? So uh, no matter what we do as far as our growth strategy or, you know, or sales strategy, anything like that, uh, it's going to be always important for me to be like, deep in all the layers of the product so that we can continue innovating um, as we as we continue growing. Let's talk a little bit about the concept of that micro content, because I think that's incredibly powerful. I mean, that is product led right uh, through and through. And so we think a lot about at Reprise the idea of the fact that we have these embeddable replays is what we call them. Replays equals product tour equals demo, right? And so we have a customer, Pendo. If you go to Pendo's website and you click on tour the product, that's our experience in there. And we get a ton of leads, right, from that because we have our little icon here at at the bottom. Is that sort of what you're referring to in terms of like, you know, micro content or is this more content that your users create, share out, and then it gives Crowdcast the exposure? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly one form of that, right? Because it's it's allowing you know, people to embed content in other places. Um, but yeah, when I'm speaking of that, you know, I'm thinking about things that the attendee in Crowdcast would want to do, like, you know, naturally. Uh, for example, uh, let's say you answered 10 questions in a Crowdcast event. You know, what we do is we automatically timestamp those questions in the event, and then we make those questions sh- you know, shareable so that then the attendee can share a link to a question that you answered just because they're excited about sharing it. And then other folks are able to <clears throat> click on that link, maybe on Twitter, and in order for them to watch the answer, they have to register, right? So um, that that way you're like basically turning your audience into your marketing department, right? As you focus on great content, they're sharing those links 
And another way that we've built this is, uh, is, is using what we call clipping, where you can actually create 15 second clips for public events and then share that out on social media. And people can actually watch 15 seconds of your Crowdcast event. And then it says to watch the rest, please register, right? Uh, and now here's another mechanism that allows the audience to drive registrations for your event, right? So yeah, it's really like content. It's almost like we're helping you create these little edited videos, you know, that, that normally you'd have to download, edit, you know, chop together and, and post up again, but it's all happening in an automated system. Were there any particular actions or activities that really, let's say user-based, that really drove a lot of your growth? Because I remember at least back a couple months ago, you were in the millions of, of users, I mean, on a consistent basis. So these are millions and millions of users who are logging in to Crowdcast events on a monthly basis, right? So, and that, again, that was basically mm-hmm. all product-led and organic, which is totally insane. Were there any particular kind of activities or engagements that you saw when folks did this, we just saw a tremendous lift? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Uh, as far as that, that content marketing or the micro content goes, it's primarily, I would say, the questions been getting shared, right? So um, it always blows people's minds when they experience it because they just haven't seen it before. Uh, and that leads to them, even the host sharing their own content. But as far as like the, the the bigger sort of growth that we've had, obviously COVID was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, but one thing that's I would say still product led, but not micro content is just brand. You know, so we are focused on not necessarily the old school webinar types of events. That's more corporate enterprise. We have a lot of that too, but we have a particular brand of focusing on events that are a little bit more friendlier to the to the average consumer. So you know, you, you'd have talks and workshops and live shows and concerts and you know also conferences and things like that as well right but but things that are actually a little bit more fun to engage with right uh, and because of that people are are more excited about sharing a crowdcast event there, there's a particular design aesthetic that we've gone for that make you feel like you know you, uh, it, it just doesn't feel as cold as most you know enterprise software uh, it, you know it, although we are serving businesses and creators it feels like a fun application. I, th- I think other companies that, that walk this line well are like Slack, for example. You know, they're they're able to have this playful, you know, sort of energy while still, you know, being a pretty massive business that eventually got acquired. Um, but yeah, that that alone, that brand that we have, allows people to get really excited about it. It's really cool if you go to like Instagram or you go to Twitter, you just search hashtag Crowdcast or just type in you know, that that word. You'll just see a lot of people very excitingly sharing. You know, putting our logo onto their cover photos. You know, like they're they're proud that it's a crowdcast event. Another area around product-led um, brand um, is that you know we've been pretty adamant that you can only host live events on crowdcast. You know, there's a lot of automated webinar tools out there that make you fake the webinar. In crowdcast, we've intentionally made that decision not to allow for that mm-hmm. um, because we want people to know that when you're here, it's real, right? There's no sense of um, you know, be, being being tricked as you as you would in like you know some other platforms, uh, and so because of that, we've we've got this additional brand right that has created it, it, its own network effect essentially. And as more people use it, um, you know, the brand gets stronger, and then people are are ending, are ending up sharing it more. So uh, that's a huge part of actually what helped us uh, grow over the last without with, with such a small team uh, over the last year. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Let's talk a little bit about the enterprise, right? Because there are tremendous 
companies, very large companies that are using Crowdcast today, your Adobe's, your IBM's, your Siemens, I mean, some of the largest companies in the world. However, they came in organic and it's really easy to be able to just turn around and say, you know what, I know we wanted to do self-serve and make it super easy and be product led, but X company is willing to give me, you know, half a million dollars contract to support and now we have to do all the enterprisey stuff right the slas and all the, the 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 you know those sort of crazy things that are not the easiest right to uh, to have to support how did how do you deal with that when you when you you have a, a large enterprise organization that comes to you and says here's the check and then you have to say no and, and i remember talking to uh russ uh, i can't pronounce his huddleston i think his last name it was or is um and he's a ceo at uh, dachshund and i remember having a very specific mm -hmm. conversation with him about this and he was like uh george you know what we're just completely product-led and, and self-serve now like we we started to try to support enterprise and it just required way too much for us to actually do that. So I'm literally turning down you know, contracts, large enterprise contracts on a daily basis. And he had to make that tough decision, right? They were, I don't know how profitable they were. I know they were quite popular in, in many circles. And now they're part of, I believe, uh, you know, who, who acquired them? Either Dropbox or Box recently. Uh, probably Dropbox, just knowing their, their motion. So how do you actually end up, you know, making that decision and having the discipline to say, we're not going to do that. We're going to stay true to our self-serve model. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to uh, knowing what you want as, as, as you know, knowing what kind of company you want to build um, and having a really long-term vision, right? So we know that we're going to support bigger customers, bigger enterprise customers later down. We know we're going to roll out team accounts. We already have these customers coming to us as you know, as you know, like the IBMs and Adobe's and so on. Um, but we, we have that in our roadmap. And, and so it's easy to be like, no, not right now. You know, we're not saying no forever. Um, we know that what's actually better for them is that we focus on our core, which is to create a really amazing experience that the long tail is using first, right? So the long tail, meaning the, the smaller businesses, the companies, the startups, the creators, they're the ones that the bigger companies end up following anyway, right? All the big companies are trying to use tools that are quote unquote cool, right? That are that all the cool kids or the, the new kids are using. And so it's important that we balance that where we're like continuing to focus on being the most innovative, being the most interesting, fun platform uh, because it actually benefits the enterprise companies anyway, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so we're just saying, yeah, we you know we see you out there. You know, there, we know that you want to pay us more we have our priorities right now and we will never sacrifice our brand uh, to focus on the types of customers that are, you know, that ultimately change the, 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 the personality and the image and the person and, and the way that people engage with the platform. Right. So, um, yeah, so it's like, yeah, one, like really knowing what kind of company, what kind of experience you want to create. And then two, having a really long-term vision uh, and plan basically so that you know that they do fit in at some point and you're able to prioritize the things that are more important now uh, and work towards supporting them in a way that doesn't compromise that brand, right? Yeah, totally. You know, that really resonates because oftentimes those old school enterprise softwares, they're, they're just like clunky and, you know, not user friendly. And 
you need sales engineering and a bunch of other resources from the company to actually get you set up, right? And it's not a great experience, but if you focus on that user experience, that consumerized, cr creating a piece of software that is as consumerized as possible, that ends up benefiting every user within that organization. I remember Yesware, if you remember Yesware, that uh, sales mm -hmm. automation tool, years ago when I was working at Twitter, they showed up and I knew the CEO is a friend of mine, Matt. And I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, yeah, man, apparently we have like tons of users, uh, individual users who are swiping their credit card for, you know, 10 bucks or whatever the pricing model was at the time here at Twitter. And now we're going to do a, a, an enterprise deal. Of course, this was years into their, uh, into the, the life of their business and his whole motto at that time. And this was before like open view and all those folks created this product led, uh, growth category. And his whole model was kind of figured out on the fly. It was just kind of like, Holy smokes. We, you know, we have tons of users now mm -hmm. they're not, they're using the long tail product. We now can identify what, what we believe is the total, uh, opportunity value of that account now based on users that are already paying us. Now let's go and talk to leadership at Twitter and then get them on a you know enterprise plan so they'll have reporting and insight and visibility into other metrics, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that was their their model. And uh, and of course they went uh, product led first. So so that yeah, yeah. when we talk about that, that's kind of what surfaces was well, so yeah, I Go ahead. Well, Sorry. just just to add that one one last piece, you know, and what you're referring to here is that bottoms up sales strategy, right? Yeah. Which is more possible when you're focused on product, when when you know you're allowing the product to bring, uh, you know, to allow those folks who are not higher up in the organization to pull the product into the organization, right, and start using it at a smaller scale. Which at that point, your foot's already in the door, and the uh, the amount of work you have to do to actually sell the full organization is much much lower. Right, so it helps bring down that that sort of acquisition cost anyway. So all these things just kind of amplify each other, you know. It's, it's really around just staying focused, having the level of discipline and uh, and patience, right, to to keep your eye on on what's important, knowing and having that trust that it's going to lead to the bigger organizations, uh, you know, signing up anyway. Awesome. Well, Sai, let's talk about the rebrand real quick. I know that or it's maybe not a rebrand, but the website looks phenomenal. Uh, any, first of all, congratulations. Any new features or anything you want to announce for in the coming months that folks might uh, might want to keep tabs on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we just did like a little de design refresh, you know, so nothing nothing major, slightly, you know, different colors, slightly better shapes. Uh, but if you look at our home homepage, you know, what, what we realized is we started building a whole new version of Crowdcast because, you know, once we had COVID and millions of people on the platform, we our old system was just starting to crumble up from the weight of all these users. And, and so the last year we've been pretty quiet on not telling too many people about us. We're like, we're like literally trying not to get more users. Um, because it'll cause more, you know, issues technically, and then we have to focus on fixing things as opposed to building new things, right? So uh, we're pretty full focus right now on building our next or getting our next version now, our Crowdcast 2.0. Um, and as we're designing it, we're really reimagining everything, like all the back end, the front, everything is completely being redeveloped, like built from scra uh, scratch, knowing everything we don't we know now after years of experience and the latest technology and in the post-COVID world, right? It just makes sense to start again, actually. And I think that's useful for every company to do every once in a while. 
and as we're designing it, we just have, we have a much better design sort of language that we wanted to bring to the homepage and start to bring to the older app, just, just the marketing sites to kind of let people know what's coming from a field perspective. Uh, and then from an actual you know, feature perspective, um, we're really deeply thinking about like, how do you allow more presence? Like, how do you allow anyone who's on, on camera to really feel the audience more and actually see them and possibly? Um, having the border and the barrier between the stage and the audience feel a little bit less, um, you know, strong uh, so that there's more interaction. Uh, how do you allow the audience members to meet each other, right? All these things will increase the level of connection that the brand, the company, the creator has with their community, it allows their community to meet each other more, which ultimately leads to um, community-led growth, which is a whole other topic, right? Uh, which is really... You know, the, the beginnings of marketing and sales, right? So if you can have a have a really like cultivate a really great community, everything else follows very easily. So that's like one sort of category of features that we have coming. Uh, I'll just mention two more. The second one is like how do we allow you to really produce the event end to end? You know, right now, sometimes you know, if you want to like level up the event and add like overlays and animations and things like that, you have to use other tools that are outside of Crowdcast with Crowdcast, right? So we're thinking about like, how do you integrate the full stack so that anyone who is, has a browser, you know, on like a Chrome, you know, book in, you know, in Bangladesh, like how do they produce a top-notch live show, right? Without having all the extra gear. So that's a big piece that's coming. And the last is how do we really allow for discoverability? You know, like what, for me, what really gets me excited is, having a global plaza where anyone can show up, see all the live conversations, events, concerts happening around the world, and then being able to participate in them and literally being able to be pulled up on stage, right? And meeting your, your favorite, you know, author or your favorite thought leader or whatever it is, uh, and really bridging or like rather breaking down the barriers for these people to meet, which ultimately, in my opinion, accelerates idea sharing, accelerates, you know, the evolution of consciousness on the planet and so on. So, all these things are sort of, you know, layered on top of each other. But yeah, these are just like three areas of things that are that are major updates that are going to be coming in the next few months. Awesome. Well, congratulations. And I just have to say that when people talk about a company that cares, and and I think it's it's no sort of surprise why people love the brand so much. Crowdcast is the real deal. I happen to know uh, quite a few of the team members there, and. I've never seen a company that really truly wore its heart on its shoulder and and then lived it on a daily basis. You know, we've gone through the craziest things over the last year, year and a half as a as a species. And uh, and I it was just really clear that that Crowdcast was there uh, to support groups that needed that support and more than just support them, like, you know, by posting a blog post or sending a tweet, but literally giving out uh, scholarships for free accounts, mm -hmm. things of that nature for specific groups. And, uh, you know, Sai, uh, you're a great, great leader, a great guy. And so I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. And maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, community -led, led growth in the future. Um, that would be awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll I would like to. Absolutely. What folks want to, let's say, follow you on social media or learn more about uh, Crowdcast's opportunities, perhaps job opportunities or career opportunities, what are the best URLs to go or handles? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely follow us on Twitter, uh, Crowdcast HQ. You can find me at Sidor H. Um, 
And then we actually have, if you're interested on um, being part of the team, we actually have like a beyond deck sort of application. So go to our site, click on the jobs link, and you can apply to just generally give our give your interest on any field or any area of the company. Um, and then once we open up positions for those places, that's the first place we look. Like who are the folks who've already let us know that they're interested in sales or marketing or engineering? We just look at that pool first and we reach out. So if you, if anybody's listening and you want to like see what we're about, that's you know that's the that's the best place. If you just want to see other events and see what kinds of content's happening on Crowdcast, just go to our homepage and click on Discover, and you'll see you know you know thousands of events that are going live, upcoming, has already ended, and you can actually be a part of them. Awesome. Well, Sai, I know you're a busy person, so I'll let you go. Uh, big hugs to everyone on the team. I'll, I'll definitely post in the, the Friends of Crowdcast channel on Slack here in a little bit. But uh, very much appreciate your time and uh, sending you a lot of love and uh, great energy over there. Appreciate it, George. Yeah, always great chatting about this stuff. So looking forward to our future conversation. Likewise. Have a great day. TGIF. Thanks,